You are listening to episode 214 of the Confident Coaches Podcast, the one where you're going to undiet your coaching practice. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Confident Coaches Podcast, a place for creating the self-confidence you need to do your best work as a life coach. If you want to bring more boldness, more resilience, and more joy to your work, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Amy Latta. Let's dive in. Okay, coaches, um, I'm really excited about the interview that I am doing here today with you. Um, I recently met Stephanie Dodier online, uh, crosses, you know, paths crossed through, you know, I, I'm meeting more and more people, having new and different conversations than I have been in previous years. And Stephanie is somebody that I, I, I can't remember who reached out to who first, but Hey, I like your stuff. I'm, I'm picking up what you're throwing down and I'd love to have more conversations with you. So she interviewed me on her podcast and I had her here. She is a coach. Um, she is a non-diet coach. So I'm, we'll let her explain to you what that means. We're going to dive into diet culture in this episode but we really also make that connection of what makes up diet culture and how it relates to how you're showing up in your business and, and how a, the parallels, the parallels between online business, diet culture, and what we can glean from that and what we can learn from that. I invite you to, I, at first I was going to say, grab a notebook, grab some pen. I actually invite you to just listen first go round. And if you have anything that you want to jot down real quick, sure. But I really just invite you to give this a listen. This was a fantastic conversation. We we covered uh, lots of areas. Um, But I think even for me, we made some connections that I was like, yes. So enjoy my interview with Stephanie Dodier. Okay, my friend, I am honored and excited to have this conversation today with my uh, one of my new, but like we have fell in hook, line, and sinker, right in step, Stephanie Dodier, who uh, refuses to tell me if I'm saying her name correctly. So we're just going to run with Stephanie Dodier. She is, we found each other online, right? Yes. Somehow we did. We did um, I think maybe through a, 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 um, a, a fellow mentor, Kelly. Am I right? Yep, that Kelly. We, yeah, Kelly Deal. And, um, your platform is around diet and weight yeah. loss, and yet our conversations that we are having with our audience are incredibly similar. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and let you quickly introduce yourself to my audience, Stephanie, and and grab, grab a pen, grab a paper, strap in, because... We're going to dive into really stuff you're going to be 100% on board on, on board with. And also, I'm hoping Stephanie and I are going to address some things that maybe you haven't considered before. And I just want to invite you to just consider what that does and, and how you might apply some of what we talk about to how you run your business. All right. So, Miss Stephanie, 
Welcome. So I'm Stephanie Dodier. I am a by training a clinical nutritionist who approach nutrition from a what I call a non diet approach. So if you're familiar with an anti diet world, you may recognize this term. I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor and I help women liberate themselves from diet culture mm -hmm. beyond the food. Yes. So yeah, we talk What's about food and we talk about body image, but we go much deeper than that. We go and look at how diet culture, patriarchy has affected the way we think about ourselves yeah. and the way we relate to the world. So what are some of the, I don't know, most common, like what people are like, all right, intuitive eating, help me have a better relationship with my body. What are some of the most common things that kind of first come up when we start diving under the surface? I think the, the number one place I start that conversation is the term diet culture. Yeah. So to most people, when I say diet culture, they think, mm -hmm. oh, that's mm -hmm. the culture of people on diet. True. And yeah, diet culture is a system of belief that is structured to place people in thin body, so regular size body or socially accessible body yeah. in a place of superiority. Mm -hmm. So the value of an individual is assigned by their capacity to achieve the thin body ideal that society is currently under the grip of. Yes. And that's what diet culture is. So it goes deeper than just being on the diet. It's about how we assign value to ourselves and how society assigns value to us. And diet culture is about 130 years old. And it's a system of belief that's deeply connected to patriarchy. So patriarchy is not about the man. It's a system yep. of belief Correct. that yep. places people identified as men in a position of power. And in order to uphold men in power, the other gendered female has to be submissive, has to be below. And one of the ways recently over the last 140 years that patriarchy has achieved that is by having women focus on the size of their body. So taking all their mental, emotional, physical mm -hmm. re energy and financial resources and tell them that the most important thing is to achieve beauty through thinness. And that leads us to the whole weight loss industry. And that's what we call diet culture. So it's much more bigger than just being on a diet. It's right. how we value people. Yeah. And if, for those of you, for those of you in the stands who've been paying attention, you can see that parallel to a lot of the work that I've introduced to my audience this year or the year, you know, in the past couple of years, honestly, mm -hmm. which is the, when the only value to being in business is being what, you know, we're going to call it capitalistic culture, capitalism culture has defined as the only thing that we 
should be striving for and that your value is attained by becoming that six-figure earner. And once you become a six-figure earner, you're a seven-figure earner. Now we're talking about, you know, eight and nine-figure earner that, and the parallel between as an individual in both of those cultures, there's never, you, you, there's always more to achieve. You're never there. There's no finish line, right? There's, and I want to say, so for me, the parallel between this business culture about money and about achievement and the diet culture, it's about, and very specifically around women is how you are, according to society and that those two system of belief, you're born unworthy mm-hmm. and you need to achieve externally through your beauty yeah. and the size of your body and your bank account in order yeah. to be deemed worthy, but it's, you're never getting there. The, the, the dot always move yes. and you end up never feeling good, no matter where you are on the scale. <laughs> yeah. I, and I've been in both places because my podcast before this was business women losing weight. You know, there that you was, that was my, um, you know, one of my coaching endeavors for quite a few years. And, you know, even when I achieved the number on the scale, then it was like, I I wasn't muscular enough. I was, you know, okay, I got this. And I can parallel that to being very well known and a high achieving, high earning member of some of my previous communities and, and being awarded on a stage and having the award in hand, but it was always, okay, now that you've achieved this, what's the next thing that you're going to achieve? So there is a moment of happiness and achievement. Like I want to be, I think it's really important that people have experience. Yes, I did it, but it's fleeting. It doesn't last. And I think that's the culture part that you're talking about. Yeah. So I'll, I think there's something really interesting I'd like to teach that's like goes alongside with that is something I kind of acquainted through coaching women on finding their self-esteem, their worth linked to their body image. And I had this women who would come to me and say, like, I'm super confident. It's just about my body. As soon as I gain weight, I lose that confidence. Or as soon as you, you don't make money, it's fleeting. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I realized, that's not confidence. That's not happiness. It's the safety of conformity. Drop like this is like, just like, I'm going to go further than that because it's one thing to say this, but the safety of conformity Uh, In our gender as women, people identified as women, when you are socialized from a tender age, like four or five, six years old, Mm -hmm. to be, to be nice, to like follow the rules, Mm -hmm. to do what people tell you, and then you grow up and you're in your 20s and 30s and what people are telling you to do is to achieve money, career, weight, staying young. When you achieve and you meet the standards that are laid out in front of you, you feel safe from rejection. You feel safe from judgment. 
You so feel those aren't that- moments of happiness. No. Those are moments of safety that I'm, I've now conformed to the ideal. Because your leader, let's think in your business community, had set out the bar and you meet it. You're like, oh, I'm getting, I'm approved. I'm yes. worthy finally. I'm in the top 10%, right? Which ironically, having been sold that the way that you get there is to stop needing people's approval. That the way that you achieve that ideal is to let go of your need to conform, let go of your need to be, have external validation. So that's like the, I don't even know if bait and switch is quite depicts how almost sinister that is of like, listen, if you want to really achieve, you're going to have to let go of everybody else's opinions about yourself. You're going to have to shed that desire to make anybody else happy so that you can achieve an ideal that is actually the thing that gives you the external validation. In this case, the money. In, in this case, the money, but also the, the the parallel with the weight is right there. It's different in the world of weight because it's never sold under the term of letting go of what people think. It's actually the opposite. It's like everybody looks at you, right? If you want people to think that you are good enough, you have to look this way. And then it's plastered with women who look this way. And you're like, you're the only one who doesn't look this way. So clearly there's something wrong you think with you. So it's a bit different from that angle. And I, I, I can definitely say that I did. I actually experienced that a little bit because my path to losing all of that weight was, did include being okay that people thought I ate weird being okay that people thought I, so I, I, I 100% can't mm-hmm. see that, that really subtle difference. And yet I still had just a little bit of like what I needed to do in order to achieve that looked a little bit different than what quote unquote you're supposed to do in order to achieve that. So sure. I did experience a little bit of that having to be mm-hmm. kind of different but it's still it's still the same story. You're still the it's not it's still a achievement of an ideal that we have been sold since we're really little that yeah. this is where you this is the applauding. This is the this is the thing that we as society will say she has real value and she has a lot to say. Let's yeah. Yeah, she her opinion is valuable. She's got it figured out. Yes. And but I want to bring another term here for people to understand. Alongside to diet culture, there is the um, oppressive mechanism, which is the term called weight stigma or fat phobia. That mm-hmm. kind of comes along. Like diet culture as a phenomenon in a system of belief would not exist if our society wasn't structured to stigmatize people who don't look this way. Yes. So it's so deeply entrenched that we don't see it. But weight stigma is in the medical world. It's in the world of nutrition. It's mm-hmm. in the world of, I mean, social media trends. Mm-hmm. Like 
people who don't look a certain way by default will probably not trend as much just because our eyes are not used to seeing body diversity or age diversity or look mm-hmm. diversity. Mm-hmm. So fat phobia, the, the way that we, we allow thy culture to be is deeply entrenched in each one of us. And unless you excavate it and really look for it, you don't even see it playing in your life. It is really fascinating to see it show up. Uh, and, and I wonder, it's a, I think it's a good question. I, is there, is there an, um, is there ever this place that is even achievable where it's not a, it's it's going to be a record that's playing in the background all oh, of yeah. the time because it's so entrenched and we don't even realize how entrenched it Your is. Your whole life it's been playing so you think it's normal. Yes, yeah. You but know, let I, me ask you this and ask the people listening to this if mainly women what would happen if you gain weight? Yeah. To most women they qualify that as their worst fear. Yeah. In, in some survey, it's even stated that 81% of women would rather have cancer than be fat. Whoa. That's a, that's a showstopper right there. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's in our DNA. And that's the, the women that I work with are women who have lost the weight and regained it. Mm-hmm. And they've lost their quote unquote confidence, which was never their confidence it was just they were safe because they were they looked normal. And they're now not willing to do what they used to do to lose the weight or they're incapable of doing it because it's too demanding and they want to live the rest of their life, 40, 50, 60s in the body they are now. And now they have to excavate that fat phobic that internalized fat phobia in order to be happy and live their best life yes it's so it and it is funny because there's a couple things pop culturally that you know uh recently matthew perry passed away and so friends has kind of had a bit of a resurgence and it is shocking the fat phobia throughout that entire show and it's not just monica in a fat suit but like throughout that show, uh, which is what I was watching when I was, you know, it came out in 94, I was 20 years old and I watched it every single week. Um, and that's just, that's just one tiny example of all the different ways in books, songs, TV shows, movies, going to the doctor, going to the store, going to the, yeah. What we heard our mother, what we heard our mothers and our fathers and our aunts and our uncles say, you know, how pervasive. Well, think about food. You were mentioning food. We think that as women, it's absolutely normal for us to not eat what we like and not feel full because we have to be thin. We just accept it as a normality of life. Yeah. And that you're letting yourself go. Well, you know what? I just decided I'm just going to let myself go because I want to actually, you go. yeah. What like, does that do to your self-esteem? <laughs> right. Like there's either conformity 
or it's letting yourself go. And, <laughs> and one of the, um, I know you and I have had this conversation because I've been, you know, I've been talking a lot about it on the business side of things of the only wins that are worth yes. celebrating in business are the people who come in first, the, you know, the top 5%, the, which is not representative of many of the people who are inside these coaching circles or these yes. business programs, but they're the ones being invited on the podcast. They're the ones that are being, you know, used in the top marketing pieces, et cetera, that it does a couple of things. First of all, and I definitely could have done a better job, but I know that as a business coach who is, you know, some, well, confidence coaching as disguised as business coaching, um, I would have people on my podcast that, because they were talking about wins that had nothing, they, they weren't the top earner or they didn't actually hit that goal, but I could see the transformation in them. And I'd be like, well, I am running a confidence business. It's not really business. So I'd have them on the on the podcast. So let's be really clear. I, I was doing it from a, for the wrong reason, but I was doing the thing that I knew was best. I just, I still needed to unpack that, the reason for it, which now I understand is there, when we only promote that, it's harmful in so many ways because it just reinforces the idea that the biggest weight loss and the most money is the only achievement worth celebrating and that the other wins and the other measures of success don't matter. And whereas there are so many, you know, there are so many different ways that we can define what successful is. And traveling will help. I will tell you that every time I travel, I think, you know, you know, coming across, you know, engaging with local people who, you know, they have none of the modern accoutrement of uh, and labels of success and they are happier. Yeah. They're so damn happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they have though, what we would not consider quote unquote successful. Like that's like the simplest form and the way we see it the most often. But I think that, you know, and you had commented on that post around, that celebrating only, only the top, only the most desirable, not only reinforces that's the only thing that matters, but we're totally ignoring all the other ways that women are powerful and successful and empowered and confident. And it doesn't have to do with the number on the scale or the dollar. Yeah, I, I want to, as, as you're saying that, I want to, I want to mention something by us celebrating only the top achiever, either for money or, or weight, mm -hmm. what we're doing effectively without knowing is we are promoting the system of capitalism and we're promoting the system of diet culture Yes, with the big before and after in my world, it's the like before and after. Mm-hmm. But I want to take it a step further. It's not yes. like practicing a feminist business is not only about how you're selling, mm -hmm. but it's also what you're selling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, we need ethical principle and we need feminist value, but 
If you're selling weight loss to women, you are promoting diet culture. And you are promoting the system by which women have been oppressed for the last 140 years. Yeah. I'm just going to say this, and like a lot of people listening to your podcast will say, mm -hmm. well, if you feel triggered right now, mm -hmm. if you feel, oh, she's crazy, that's not true, I am inviting you <laughs> to like connect with your body and look at those sensations and look at these this anger that you're feeling because of what I'm saying as a sign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the simplest question is, is can you be a feminist business if you are selling the idea of weight loss to women? If There's no, it, here's the thing. We want to define it as the rules. We want to yeah. put... Yeah. Like, we want to go back to this, tell me the rules, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna just going to obey by the rules. Okay, I want to do feminist business, so I, I have to do this, this, but can't do this, this, this. Yeah. There's no rules. Nope. There's no rules. That's, the, that's what a feminist business is. It's an alignment between your value. Yes. So if you value thinness, and the only method to achieve thinness because we're not surgeons, so it's not surgery, it's weight loss. Why do you value thinness? And that's the question that you're inviting, that I'm inviting. Yes. It's like, why is that the value? And I've had this question with my business clients of it's not successful if it's not the revenue. And I've simply asked, like the highest, the higher revenue, the highest revenue, right? Yeah. And I've simply asked, why and that and sometimes that that question will lead you down a path of and and i i think what people fear is if i don't value weight loss then i won't take care of my body yeah if i don't value revenue then i won't i won't sell anything and i won't go yeah. anywhere and and it's that pendulum swing and like, there's a whole world in between where you're taking amazing care of your body. You're loving your body. You're giving it everything that it needs and it desires. And it's such a tender, loving relationship. And it's not the weight loss that is the focus. And there is so many things where you are putting your goods and selling of goods and services is as old as time, long before capitalism ever came. Like, this is how humans function Lived. in the world live <laughs> the exchange of goods and services is not a bad thing making money not a bad thing it's the when you know how does that look and feel like where your 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 personal value your business's value is not predicated upon if i'm not hitting x then it's not working. It's not good enough. It's not serving the world yeah. enough. I'm dreaming. The biggest thing that I hear, why are you not, like, you should be dreaming bigger. You're not dreaming big enough. And I'm like, ah, I don't but know. But what is big to you? What's big to you? Right, right. Like, right. What? So if you don't examine, this is where we go into the world of thought work and mindset and socialization. If like, if you don't 
question the story or the answer to what's big and you just go by the default thinking you've been socialized with, you will say size two pants and a million dollars. Yep. <laughs> it's just like because that's what you've heard a thousand times and your brain has, in, has encoded and you've been quote unquote socialized. The, the, what I'm talking about is when you go beyond that. Yes. Why do I want a million dollars in six months or a year? And why do I want a size two pants? Yes. Is that really what I want? And I want to say that's what I wanted for 25 years. Like, I just want to be transparent for 25 years. I dieted. Yeah. Like I spent all my resources. I had a, this fantastic corporate career. But all my personal life was focused on losing weight, maintaining the weight, mm -hmm. then six months of gaining the weight back, and then we start again. Yeah. And, and I did is... that 15 cycle of it until Ugh. I was 39. Do you know? I, know? I do know. I do know. That's the thing. I do know. Like, let's pull out real quick here. And you know, the person's identifying as women in this world, listening to this right now. And I want to say, Eve, yes, I know I got a handful of men in the audience. I'm talking, we are talking to you too. It affects, yeah. it shows up a little bit differently. It's, it's, it's message. The message gets to you through a different doorway. It's the same message though. But just think about the brain power you are giving to constantly striving yes. and achieving you uh, if you could put a measure on that the amount of time my brain has focused on and some and and sometimes it's competing cuz it's trying to achieve the size 2 and the million dollars at the same time yeah and that's when you have burnout most of the time <laughs> <and> exhaustion <laughs> right so Think about the amount of time your brain is focused on what you're eating, when you're going to go to the gym. And I want to be really clear, eating good food and, and moving your body are not negative things. It's that no. obsessive thinking about maximizing it. And we're well, doing the I same. I want to say it's the why, Amy, is why you're going to the gym. That's the problem. It's not going to the gym. Yeah. It's not eating the vegetable is why it's you're the, doing it's it. It's the motivation behind you going to the gym. You can make a, a million dollars and not be burnout. It's the why. Yes. It's the energy behind the million dollars. Yes. Because I have to hit this so to that- To be worthy. To be worthy. Yeah. Even though we are going, and of course I'm worthy and, and I'm going to always oh. remember that. And that's gone the second. But I just, I think about the- <sighs> The number of times I've been sitting with my family and I've not been checked in because I've been think I've been thinking about yep. one of those two things. The number yep. of times I haven't been present on a vacation, on a holiday, uh, on a family outing, because my mind is trying to solve for one of those two things right there. And so if you're describing this at the highest level, I, we know, like if you know enough of neuroscience and you know enough of nervous system regulate, session was there, is because innate words, self-worth, self-esteem, well-being is one of those basic need of every human being. So anything that threatens your worth, 
will make your nervous system obsess about finding the solution to solve for the worth. Mm -hmm. And I wanna, I wanna broaden the scale to say, it's the weight, it's the million dollar, but it's looking young. Yes. Yep. The perfect family. <laughs> like every time we sell to a woman a program to be more productive. Hello. Women don't need to be more productive. We actually need to do less. I was going to say, you want to know what? I am productive as hell. <laughs> I don't need to be more productive. Yeah. I actually need to let go of the need to do all of the things to prove that I am an empowered, strong feminist woman. Exactly. You know, and, and I know we are of plus or minus similar age. I came up in, you know, I was born in the early seventies. So raised yeah. in, in, you know, in America in the 70s, 80s, there was literally a commercial on TV selling perfume, you know, that I can bring home the bacon and fry it up in a pan. Yeah. And, and still make you like the, there's a line if, those of you who know what I'm talking about and still make you believe that you're like, there was this thing where I can go to work, I can cook the dinner and I can still have sex with you at night was literally the jingle. <laughs> That's why I say as coaches or service provider, whatever you yeah, fall yeah, into, yeah. it's very important what you sell. Yes. It's not just how, but it's really looking at what you sell and is it aligned with your value? And some of them, some people will say, yeah, I value thinness. Okay, great. And it's not me saying you can't do that. Just don't call it feminist. Don't call it empowering to women. Because actually what you're doing is as a woman, you are supporting patriarchy <laughs> to oppress women. Yeah, this like, is go further and look into what you're selling. Yes, this is I, I've mentioned it quite a few times on the podcast. And for sure, if you're following me on socials talking about that, you know, it's products for women by women, but it's still just patriarchy in yes. a Chanel dress and high heels. It's still just patriarchy with a gorgeous red lipstick and just being aware of and and and. I've said this before. I'm going to continue. I'll say it again. Stephanie, I've said it to you. I for sure was in this stage. This is for sure yeah. where I was in that I was using the language of empowerment, using the language of that empowered feminist woman, but it was to sell the patriarchal ideal. And I'll and, go to my industry. Like okay, yes. weight loss. I can't speak to business because I only teach business to people in my industry, which is right. like automatically feminist women. So I just, I don't have the interaction with the other world, but I can tell you that there's a sh shit ton, sorry, the word of women oh. selling weight loss that live in a thin body that have what I call thin privilege. Yeah. Not just what I call, but what we know in society to be a privileged existence, in this case, to be naturally without effort, thin. Yeah. And so it takes a lot of personal work to admit that and to realize mm -hmm. that you're selling weight loss to people who are not naturally thin because you have privilege. Yeah, this is that weight privilege, beauty privilege, and you, you know, age privilege that you have talked about so much. 
Yeah. That understanding the, you know, I've used the language uh, in a separate conversation. My, my podcast listeners have heard it about like the, the life coach, the graveyard of life coaches left behind by the only promoting the top about, yeah. you know, the, the top earners, it's the same. It's, it, it's the, it's, it's a very similar graveyard of the people left behind who aren't, who don't fit into those categories of having weight, beauty, age, privilege, or even money, privilege, money, privilege. Yeah. Right. It's money. easy. Like I have what I, when I teach business, I always talk about that. I have earned privilege that I did 15 years in sales in corporation mm-hmm. who has taught me the fundamental of business and selling. So for sure, when I came to the world of health and coaching, I have this privilege that I spent 15 years deeply understanding business. So yeah, it's easier for me. I still have to work at it and I still have to put in effort, but I have to learn business. Yes. And that was a, um, a huge realization that came to me, which again, I, I can't remember what episode my friends, but I know that I've, I've mentioned this before of not understanding. I mean, I started studying business as a senior in high school. When I took my first business class, my degree is in business administration with a concentration and a focus on marketing. And I spent 10 years in corporate marketing. So while I learned a lot of shit, I don't want to replicate. Sure. Um, And those communities that corporate based culture never worked for me from day one, like all 10 years were like me fighting, like, cause it just didn't fun. I did not function well in there that a lot of those things came very naturally to me. So in my programs, not understanding that I, I had this innate understanding of business because of my past skills that nobody has to teach me. I'm naturally better at certain things because it's what I did for all of those years. That right there is a privilege. And, and I think when it comes to privilege, you know, I, I hope we have progressed enough for that word to not trigger so many people. It's not saying that things, and I, you just said it, it's, it's not saying that things are super easy. It's not saying that you never have hardship. It's not saying that, you know, there you know, having, having weight privileged or beauty privileged doesn't mean that, you know, you aren't still rejected in some ways or whatever. No, it just means that that's not something that's hindering you. It's not something that's keeping you invisible. It's not an additional obstacle. And it doesn't stop you from teaching business and it doesn't stop you from teaching. If you are in the world of weight loss, but don't go out there and say, well, I've done it and I'm yeah. doing it. And now yeah. I'm going to sell it to you because I can do it. This is where privilege goes wrong. Yes. So I never use my business to other non-diet practitioner and coaches and say, well, look how easy it was for me. Yeah. Damn sure it was easy for me. I have 15 years of experience, but I still yeah. teach business, but I position it differently. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's so important for anybody who's listening, who's felt like business has like, why is it easier for them and me and not for me? You know, 
besides, you know, the whole compare and despair is never helpful per se, but we have no idea what people are bringing so many different backgrounds. And I think the best thing I say is you are also bringing backgrounds that other people don't have. And rather than deny those and wish you had something else, how can you use what naturally comes to you, but all the more reason why that it worked for me. So it'll work for you messaging, which I I did a feminist marketing swaps episode a a couple of weeks ago. And that was one of the top things of like, we really got to stop saying it worked for me. So it'll work for you. And instead we can say, here's my story. Let's figure out what your story is going to look like. Isn't it, you know, we're not denying our success, but not using it as the, so obviously it'll work for everybody I come across because everybody's coming at this with so many different things. Yeah. Money privilege, weight privilege, beauty privilege, age privilege. Talking I mean, there's of- privilege to every system of oppression, there's privilege. So we could yeah. go into the world of gender privilege, yeah. like sexual orientation, like there's privilege everywhere based on the various system of oppression. Yeah. When you Absolutely. fit the mold, when like naturally you fit the preferred intersection, you're privileged. Yeah. yeah. And it is simpler and it is easier because there yes. aren't obstacles in your way. And it's not a thing to shame or make you feel bad, but oh. understanding the people who aren't fitting into that. And that's yeah. the intersectionality of feminism yeah. at its root is understanding. Now layer the intersectionalism of, you know, pull, pull some of those privileged layers out how are you going to speak to that person yeah how can you help them find what they need to achieve what they want how can you help them address what you know and those obstacles that are inherently there and it's not you know one person changing the entire social structure social construct of the entire world but how can you help that person Yes. And I, I, I've, you know, and again, I think this comes back to our conversation around what is it, what is it that we're selling? Yes. And, and examine it, like be willing to examine it. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to like burn down your business. I hate when we talk about business and people have this, they come across the culture and like, okay, I got to burn down my business and start from scrap whoa where is that all or nothing thinking like like this is the pendulum swing like can we not go from one end to the other can we just take a breath Mm -hmm. and like reflect on it and decide where you want to go without having to burn down everything yeah Uh, i've definitely have experienced that myself um and i think a, a lesser known conversation or, or, or not a lesser known, but a conversation that I've heard a little bit, but I, I think it's really important is not only examining what is it that you are selling and why you're selling it, but when you, and this conversation is a prime example of that, who are you collaborating with? Who are oh, yeah, you sure. connecting your, your business to? It, it's a next step. It's a next layer. I want to really put it out there. Like we're not, we're not starting there. These are, these things come, you know, if you've been kind of following along this conversation, Stephanie and I are having, we're, you know, kind of sl- like, let's start and just examining why we sell what we sell and why, why is that the value 
and then how we're selling it, who we're selling it to. And then we start, then we can start thinking about who we are associating our business with. And, and this is something that I have. So a really, really simple thing, a really simple example of this that, um, I realized is I don't do, um, I, I, I've never officially been a part of an affiliate program for somebody else, but I certainly have like, you know, Hey, like if there's an app I really love, I might say, Hey, just so you know, like, you know, this, I I'm going to get like 14 days for free when you sign up or whatever. And, you know, I've suggested a ton of books in my day and I've always given people an Amazon link, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I'm going to give them an Amazon link, I might as well do that associates, Amazon associates link. So I'm going to make, you know, 37 cents when you buy that book or whatever, but (laughs) okay. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Amazon as a business is, uh, I, this is not a conversation about, you know, the, the, the Amazon it's, you know, let, let's dive into everything that is good and bad about Amazon, but is that a business I want to be promoting? And I've had to really think about that of like, could there be a better place I could send people to purchase things that I recommend? Like that's a, that's a simple question to just kind yes. of start looking at the association. So if I'm proclaiming that I am a, a feminist business who stands for, you know, and, and all those things that can be included in feminism, workers' rights and elevating communities, if I, where am I sending you to do more business? Let me just pay attention to where. I'm sending you, who am I inviting on my podcast? Mm-hmm. Um, who am I going to do trainings with? Who am I going to tag in my photos? And I want to be really clear. This isn't about policing the activities of others yeah. because, and this isn't about a judgment of others. The last thing I'm going to tell you is you shouldn't stop shop at Amazon when there are Amazon packages probably sitting on my front porch right now. <laughs> and not only that, it's the convenience of it. it. Yes. Like we have to be realistic in the world where women are being asked to do 10,000 things. Yes. Right. And I mean, the, the, this is why there are no rules and there are no simple answers. It's just, I'm just putting out there to just consider, you know, is there you know, when we're talking about promoting our business and we want to promote something that is outside of our business, it's just that next layer to consider. Am I, is that business in in, in alignment with the values that I am talking about? And again, convenience, right? Um, so, you know, I've found a bookstore.org I, or something yeah. along those lines that helps promote independent bookstores. So slowly I'll be swapping out all of those yeah. links to like send people. Here's another place that's online that, you know, you can easily order from that, you know, so those are just mm-hmm. really small ways to pay attention to what you're selling and, and the, who you are collaborating with and who you are associating and when I, even when I say who you're associating with, I suddenly have like my dad in my head talking about like, I don't want you associating with those people. So we're not, again, this isn't a judgment. We're not like saying, oh, those people are bad. We just want to make sure that we are having conversations with 
and, um, you know, working with organizations and people that are as close to an alignment with the work that you want to put out in the world as they can be. I'll, I'll just add a bit of a coaching to this. That's the kind of the last step if you want. And I just want to say to people, if you've done a personal review of what you sell, how you sell it, of your personal value system, and you're like really clear on how you want to show up into the world from a value standpoint, trust your instinct on collaboration. Yeah. Yeah. There's no rule book to go to. Trust what your body, your nervous system, if you want, will tell you when you go with that person. Yep. When you like review their Instagram, oh, like like (laughs) that's, oh, don't collaborate with that person because it's just like, (laughs) oh, you you don't need a rule book. The rule book is your inner world. Yes. So, so simple. Yeah. Yeah. If you are like, oh, I really like this person's stuff. And then you start scrolling, you're like, uh, Yeah, there's well, something there. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Maybe, but maybe hit pause, pause on sending that email to them to ask if the, you you yeah. can be on their podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's the simplest way of just like trust that instinct. Because I I do think what uh, and Stephanie maybe this is I this is kind of like a full circle. I do think uh, one of the biggest things that comes up for my clients is knowing that they like finally understanding how ingrained these patriarchal standards are in our mindset. One of the things that can come up is, so how do I know if I'm really trusting myself or if, if it's the part of me that's been socialized to think this way, or if it's actually this new uh, uncovered version of myself, um, the only way I can answer that is, is it's a, prog- so two things. Number one, it's a progression. Yes. Right. In the sense that if you're new to the world, I'll take my world of diet culture and like feminism and accepting your, if you're new, there are some things that you will think you're trusting yourself and you're just replicating. Yeah. And that yep. will clean itself up Yep. as you go deeper and deeper in yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's the world of classical thought work. Like if you don't write down your thoughts as to why you're making the decision and then you look at those thoughts like, okay, they're thoughts, they're not facts. Is that really what I want? Is that what I want my decision to be based on? Mm -hmm. And like if you don't do this work and really look at those thoughts with yourself or with your coach who has the value you want to put out in the world, then it's going to be longer process to really trust yourself. Yes. And I think that is, um, because I know that my mind wants to, oh, I've discovered something new and I want to integrate it immediately and I want to do it right. <laughs> well, they, there you go. The, there, there's a whole yeah, other which, conversation. Yeah, but, which, which there, yeah, that's a whole separate conversation. And I, cause I can now look back and I can go, oh, that, those moments, like when I was selling a patriarchal idea, but from an empowered, you know, a, 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 you know, I thought it was from this empowered place. 
I needed to have passed through there to get to here. Yeah. It what it has been a progression. And because it's ingrained in us that a woman must like always do the right thing at all yeah. times, the idea that we're going to pass through and evolve and the work you are doing today. And I think this comes back to, and, and Stephanie, I don't know how you coach this, how you talk about this to me. It's just like, and then we, so we just like do it just a little bit better. Like, our, and I yeah. don't even love the language of a little bit better, but just like, what's one thing? What's one small change? What's one energetic change that you can bring? You don't have to, to your point, you don't have to burn it all down and rebuild from scratch. But like, what what small shifts can you start making, knowing that you're going to make more after that, and then you're going to make more after that, and there might be shifts that you make that two three years from now you'll look back on and be like, oh yeah, I I can see the progression that I made. So I'll. I'll as you were speaking, there's one thing that came to my mind that's really simple in itself, but it's not going to sound simple to people, to women particularly. So what is one thing you can do to know that you're trusting yourself more? Yeah. I'm going to go to my world. Do you trust yourself with your eating decision? Do you rely on an app? Do you rely on a meal plan? Do you rely on the calorie counting? Do you rely on macro tracking do you not trust yourself and your internal eating cue hunger fullness and satisfaction to make your food decision so i often when women come into my world they're like i want to trust myself more and then we go to the world of like how are you like doing food how are you doing health and what i find is like i don't know what to eat bingo let's work on that yeah yeah right because that's one of the main way that diet culture and patriarchy has made you feel ashamed is because of what you eat and the weight you have. Let's trace back and claim back your power with food. Yes. And I'm telling you every goddamn time when a woman reclaims her power around food, she reclaims her power in her career and yep. or her business. Yep. Guaranteed. And from the business side of things, I've talked a lot about on this podcast of, you know, it's not hiring that coach because no they're finally going to be the one that tells you how to do it they're going to have the answers they're going to okay i'm going to hire amy cuz she's going to tell me how to run a feminist business no 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 please don't hire no. me for that <laughs> that's not the why it is the okay i I know that there are some decisions I need to be made here. And I know the decisions are in me and I just need somebody to help me strip away. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, guys, you guys can't see Stephanie right now, but like pull those answers that are already in you and bring them up to the surface. Yes. And that's what we really want to be doing in our businesses. That's what I want for, you know, those of you who are listening to think about you're not bringing mentors and teachers in to you know, there might be some, sure, there might be some skills you need to learn. I don't like, for instance, um, you know, if, if you want to learn how to use artificial AI to help run your business, you might want to take a class on the best yeah. chat GBT prompts to use. Sure. Yeah. But when we're talking about the direction you want your, your business to go and Stephanie's case of the people that she works with, you know, your, your, your health, your, your body to go, it's about 
that trusting, I think the simplest answer for me has always been, I don't know if it's so much that we've lost a trust in ourself. It's just that trust is buried under the obligation and the the shoulds and the socialization. Woods, the socialization that's on top. Yeah, so, no, we're like I'll take the food. We all are born, this is scientifically proven, with hunger, fullness, satisfaction. We have everything to make your decision around food. And in fact, the human being has been making decisions without tracking macros and calories and grams for thousands of years. Right. But we, as a society, we layer it in. Yes. Oh, calorie. Yes. Oh, now there's a, a nutrition coach and there's an app and there's a biofeedback shit you can wear. That's mm -hmm. what's stripping away from your self-confidence yeah. and your self-trust. It's the same thing in business, Amy. It's like the yes. coach and the program yes. and the shit. Yep. The program's not the problem. It's how you show up to the program. Yes. Yeah, in a state of self-trust or not. Yes. So good. And I, I do, as we, you know, wrap up here, I, I think the, what you keep reiterating, and I think it's so important is the trust is already in yes. you. It's already there. It's, it's not something 100%. you have to go find. If anything, though, our, our work, your work, and, and, and Stephanie, I, I don't want to speak for you, but my, my continued work, right? Because there's no finish you know, line. <laughs> well, I always say to my student, I'm like, I guarantee you right now I'm saying something that somebody's in 20 years from now will be offended with that. I don't know. You're, I'm oppressing right? somebody by <laughs> saying today. Right. I'm acknowledging that, but I'm yes. still moving forward. But I'm still moving forward. Yes. That we're, that we're always going to continue to evolve. We're always going to yes. continue to learn. And it's just about excavating the, the, the socialization that we've had. The trust is always there. And it's almost always found in the quietest of moments. Yeah. Those, those, those gut instincts those random thoughts that hit you when you're in the shower, those random thoughts that are floating through your mind when you first wake up in the morning. And that, if anything, I think is a great skill to just learn yeah. to, I trust, you know, hand over heart, hand over gut, getting quiet. And just, even if it's just for 30 seconds and just, I trust myself. The answer is in here. I can't wait for it to reveal itself. And that right there will create so much empowerment. And move forward. Like, say that thing. I can't wait for it to reveal. And then go do business. Yeah. And then go do business. Yeah. And then go do that. Yeah. And then it will reveal itself as you're doing business. Yes. Always. You don't have to, you don't have to sit and wait for it to reveal. No. Uh, Stephanie. So I've, I, this is our second conversation so far. I've, I've love it so, so much. How can my people find you, connect with you? What's yep. the easiest way to get to know more of Stephanie Dodier? So since we're on the podcast, I would say the logical next step is my podcast, uh, Going Beyond the Food with Stephanie Dodier. That would be the number one thing. And then my website, I, I help women excavate, as you said, mm -hmm. 
personally and professionally. So I, so if you're, for an example, if you're a coach, a life coach, and you want to start coaching from that lens, people mm -hmm. and specifically women, like if you coach women on confidence, you got to work with me because we've got to clean up this whole fat phobia shit. So you don't like stigmatize people in your program. And then I help women unlearn diet culture personally with food and body image and health. Yeah. So good. I, I've loved our conversation so much. I think it's going to be the second of many more. Uh, yes, I think so. I, I see long-term, long-term yeah. goodness here. Uh, Stephanie, thank you for being here today. Thank you thank for you. sharing your, uh, like really, truly deep. Yeah. So much fabulous wisdom. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Amy. Okay. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for that amazing conversation. I promised you deep, insightful conversation. And I'm going to be honest with you in 2024, I want to have more conversations like that. In 2024, I want to have more conversations where we're really thinking about this level of who am I in this space? What matters intrinsically to me? What am I representing out there? And showing up as ourselves so unapologetically. And I have to tell you that conversation that we had around conformity and that false sense of confidence, that, that winning of the thing and, oh, I feel so confident, but it actually wasn't confidence. It was the security and the safety of achieving something that is industry-wide approved. Whoa right? And when we see that, then we can just decide better of like what we're really looking for. What a connection piece that was there. And I also hope that you noticed. I don't know that we necessarily called it out per se through our conversations very much, but I think you might always notice that, you know, Stephanie and I were not lockstep 100% on every single point. There were definitely things that, you know, she felt more passionately about than maybe necessarily I did. And there were things that I felt more passionately about than necessarily she did. And I think that's so crucial. And it, I want that to be a reminder to you, to me, and to anybody who's having these conversations that, there's no ethical police. There is no set feminist business, you know, quote, unquote, this is what feminist business is. There aren't rules for this. I think this is about you finding what is the least depleting for you, for your audience, and for your clients while still operating in a capitalist society. Your pursuit of money, your pursuit of success, your pursuit of achievement for what you desire and not because you're conforming and not because you're looking for, we are always looking for external validation, but not because we are seeking that as much as we are doing that. We are still operating in this capitalist society and we are still setting big goals for ourselves and it's not extractive. It's not off the backs of other people. That right there is, those are the conversations that I want to bring to you. Those are the conversations I want to keep having as we move forward. Of what does that look like for you? And I hope this conversation got you 
just thinking about some things of how that might look like for you as you go into 2024. I truly, honestly cannot wait to see what you create. And until next week. Coach, it's time to sign your first free client, your first paid client, your next client, and to learn how to do it consistently and having a hell of a lot of fun along the way. This is exactly what you're going to do in Free to Paid Coach. It's the only program giving you step-by-step what to do to become a paid coach and step-by-step how to handle the roller coaster emotions that come with doing what you need to do to become a paid coach. If you know you can't not do this life coaching thing, but believing that you can do it, handling rejection, and remembering how to do all of those things shuts you down, the free-to-paid coach community is waiting for you. Find everything that you're looking for inside. It's only $1,000, payments are available, and then you are in forever. Visit amylatta.com forward slash FTPC to join us right now. See you inside. Let's get paid, coach. Thanks so much for listening to the Confident Coaches podcast. I invite you to learn more. Come visit me at amylatta.com. And until next week, let's go do epic stuff.